Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast Show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast Show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast Show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Welcome to another episode of the ToddCast Show. Today we're joined with Jim Marshall. Hey Jim, how are you? Hi Todd, glad to be here. Awesome, and where are you calling from today? Phoenix area, south oh. of Phoenix in Arizona. Right on. You're in my uh, state where I live, too. That's great. Is it hot down there today? It's like 90 here. Yeah, it's, it's hot here pretty much the whole summer. That's cool. Were you born and raised in Phoenix, or did you come from oh, another? No. No? No. How, how'd no, you get I re- there? I, re- I retired to Phoenix. Oh, that's awesome. From where? Well, I was born in New York City. Wow. But cool. I've lived all over the country. Okay, cool. And when you retired, you just figured that Arizona was the spot, right? Yeah, well, uh, I was, for the first time in my life, on my own. Uh, and so I could go wherever I wanted and do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I looked into different possibilities and, you know, I, I found what I wanted here and here I stayed. That's awesome. That's awesome. What's your favorite part about living in the area, you think? Well, the weather is really nice. I mean, I like desert weather. So, uh, and most people don't know that we have a monsoon season here. (laughs) Yes, we do. So, so in the summer, uh, it's the monsoon greatly mitigates the heat. So it's really not as hot all the time as people think it is. Well, I say I like the weather. Awesome. I agree with you completely. I live up in the mountains from you, and it's a little bit right. higher up in altitude, so we get snow in the winter time, and most people find that shocking, but they've obviously never been to Flagstaff. <laughs> right. You know, you can get 20 feet of snow up there. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Uh-huh. And do you have family in the area, or is family spread nope. out? Like- no, no. I First time in my life ever, I'm living alone and loving it. Really? Yep. Wow, that's cool. And how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Old enough to not answer the question. That's cool. And uh, what do you do? Like, um, I know you're retired now. Do you devote your life to uh, purpose? Or, like, do you just hang out and play golf all day? What do you do? I don't play golf. Uh, Actually, I don't have any recreation. I'm too busy for recreation. Oh? Uh, My book is taking most of my time. For example, this is the third interview I've done today. Each interview is unique. It has to be set up. It has to be correlated. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it because every host wants to do something differently. So, you know, this 
My whole day today will be taken up in interviews. You know, between the, the before math and the aftermath, it's, it's sure. a lot. Plus, you know, I have a son who lives in another state, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I have various assets that I have to manage that takes quite a bit of time. Right. Uh, so, you know, I, and just, you know, I have a very helpful lifestyle, stretching, meditating, exercising, things like that. What about spirituality? How does that factor into your life? Uh, that is my life. You know, spirituality oh. is the center of my life. I mean, any way you slice it, uh, I am a spiritually aware person who is, uh, you know, I've, I've made a lot of progress through a lifetime of meditation mm -hmm. and study and various types of alternative uh, approaches to consciousness expansion. Uh, and I had a long career as human development engineer, bringing that to other people. What is a human development engineer? Well, human development engineer is an engineer who, instead of working with physical objects such as electrons or airfoils or motors or gears, works with human beings. Hmm. So what I did was definitely engineering. There's nothing vague or imprecise about it. There's no opinion in it. Uh, and I got spectacular results. And as I was getting those results, empirical data started appearing before me, which eventually turned out to be the subject of a book. Oh, and that's the book that you're working on now? Well, the book is out, and that's the workbook that I'm... I would say promoting now. Tell me what that is um, all about, um, you know, developing human potential. I mean, that's huge. And, you know, people yes. have been ch chasing that for decades. Like, how do you yes. do it? How do you do it in a way that's different? Well, the best way I could explain it is I use Socratic dialogue, mm -hmm. uh, which if you've ever studied the, the Socratic dialogues, which were written by Plato, uh, Socrates basically had the ability to bring the person he was speaking to to enlightenment without telling him anything but by asking the right question. Mm. Uh, so that's what I did and I used biofeedback. So half of what I did is 2,500 years old and half of what I did is only about 50 years old. I use those two things together in an engineering concept, an engineering format to get very very great results. That's amazing. And the biofeedback is a measurement of the body's interaction to brain stimuli. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, there's a lot to know about biofeedback because every time you think a thought, something electronic happens in your body and different types of thoughts produce different types of electronic phenomena. So once you learn the corresponding phenomena, you really have an entree into the person's mind. Hmm. Wow. Um, in terms of understanding the overall framework, like, uh, you know, say like a criminal profiler would or something like that? No, it's actually very specific. For really? example, if a person is upset, the meter will react a certain way, regardless of what the upset is about. 
If a person is worried, it will react in a different way. If the person is hostile, it will react in a third way. If the person has some kind of an evil intention, it will react in a fourth way, and so forth. So once you know these reactions, you can correlate them to what the person says, and so it tells you what's going on there. So for example, if you, if you ask the person, tell me about your mother, and you get a needle reaction that shows that he's upset, you can then say, is anything about your mother upsetting to you? And 99.9% .9 of them are gonna say yes. And then you can proceed that. And now that I, I, I know I'm into an area uh, that is real to him, that is specific, and I will have techniques to use to address an upset, which is very different from the techniques to use to address a problem, which is very different from the technique to, and so forth. So I had like thousands and thousands of techniques at my disposal, and I, they correlated to specific phenomena. So the, the person just experiences it at least talking to me, and I experience it as engineering. Oh, interesting. So you're always looking for the cues that allow you to understand the problem and the solution. Are they both in the same sentence or like is it cause and effect? How do you deduce where the problem is to eliminate a problem, let's say? Well, different types of mental phenomena respond to different types of techniques. Uh, so. For example, if a person is upset about something, I'm not going to say, tell me about that. That's not going to work. However, if he has a problem, which is a very different thing, I'll say, tell me about that. Mm. And it will unravel as a result of his telling me about it. If he is upset, then I would have to use the meter to try to locate with specificity what's upsetting him. And then I can indicate it to him. Uh, and it will bring relief to him. Mm, that's amazing. So we're going into we're going into a vast field that I studied, that I worked with through most of my life. Uh, and see what happened was, as I was doing this for decades, hundreds of clients to thousands of hours, I started to observe that the people would improve in ways that were predictable to me. And I never told that to anyone, but I made notes. And after a while, I started developing scales. I could see that my clients were ascending scales. So I would know the result the person was going to get before he ever got it, even though I didn't tell him anything. I would never tell the client anything other than what time the session is, you know, or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. As far as the substance of the session, I would never tell him anything. It was just him telling me and then my sort of directing him or asking him. For example, if the person says, uh, I'm really worried about my taxes, I would know he had a problem with taxes. And then I would say, well, what seems to be the problem there? You see, and he would have an answer to that. And then I could say, well, tell me about that problem. And as he started doing sort uh, unraveling and this would show up on the meter the meter would have a specific the baseline of the meter would change which would show me that actual electronic charge was being deleted from his mind 
Wow. So, so does that does that eliminate the stress associated with it? Is that kind of absolutely, absolutely. I see. The stress, the stress comes from the electrical charge. So when you delete the charge, the stress vanishes. Hmm. And you know when you're done because the person will will tell you in the form of a, a realization or an epiphany or a cognition. So for example, the guy comes in and he says, you know. I'm really upset about my wife, and so you start using the meter and narrowing it down. And he says, "Yes, yes, it is that. It is that. It is that." And then you could say, "Well, was there an earlier upset?" Well, so yeah, it happened with her many times. And and you see, eventually you get down to a point and say, "You know, I just realized my wife reminds me of my grandmother." Mm. And I'll say, "Really? Tell me about." It. And you see, as that happens, the the upset. Needle phenomena will stop, and he will have an epiphany、uh, where he will realize what's going on, and then I will say, "Okay, that's the end of that," because he'll be happy with that. You don't want to continue beyond that. You see? Yeah. And then you can take up something else, and that's just done thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And as you do this, the person's spirituality expands. His ethics improves. His level of responsibility improves. He, basically, what you're doing is expanding his consciousness, and、mm. his intelligence. His intelligence improves with every process. Can I ask something real quick here? Yes.、Yeah, sure. Occurred to me. I see a psychologist、um, periodically. He's been really great and helped me work through some、uh-huh. depres- depression and whatnot. And.、Uh, uh-huh. We've been talking about journaling, and、uh, one of the things that I struggle with—it's funny you mentioned mo- my、uh, mother. <laughs> Does really everybody have problems with their mother? I guess so. But、um, either way,、um, you know,、uh, for me, it's harder to sit down and write about it. But I think the exercise, at least to me, seems similar. Is it something like that where you write it, write it down, and it kind of allows you to experience the emotions, and that helps to. Resolve them or allow you to reprogram them. Is that similar at all? So when you say similar, are you are you journaling? I understand journaling, and a person can unravel some of his subconscious through journaling. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the work that I did with my clients, the clients did not write anything during the session. I kept the notes for them. I see. And the purpose of the notes was to eliminate, was to help me to correlate the content with the meter reaction, so I would know what question to ask next, and also to know when to end off on that particular subject matter. Because there's great skill involved in letting the person feel the expansion and the epiphany and the release, because the person will feel great, and you don't want to step on that. You don't、no. want to make them go into something. You want to let them have that benefit. You see? Absolutely. So, do these kind、yeah. of things happen instantly, or do they take time, or how does that? Well, every, everything in the physical universe takes some time.、Uh, but I would say most of the, you know, the units of erasure that occurred or deletion that occurred in my session were in the order of maybe. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes before we would get to an epiphany, and then we have the right to either end the session, which 
sometimes we had to do because the person just felt too good to go on. Hmm. Uh, and other times we would say, okay, let's move on to this next thing. That's amazing. How did you learn about all this? It sounds like you've been studying your whole life. Yes, I went to school for 28 years. Wow. Uh, I was an I was an honor and scholarship student at every level. Uh, Jeez. And, and see, what happened was, I went to an elite prep school and an elite college, and by the time I had my bachelor's degree, I pretty much knew what was in the mainstream. In other words, I knew math, science, religion, I knew psychology, I knew what was in the mainstream. Uh, but I also saw that there were huge gaps in between that A, people didn't know anything about, and B, people weren't even looking for, for the most part. Hmm. See, most people live in a box. They have a little box that they live in. And that is the person's reality. So what I would do with the client is I would expand the box and expand the box. That's expanding consciousness. So mm-hmm. as his consciousness expands, all of his, all of the beneficial aspects of his personality expand. In other words, he becomes smarter, he becomes more responsible, he becomes calmer. All the good things expand and all the bad things delete or diminish. So that's basically what I did. And as I was doing this, I started to see these patterns and I noted these patterns. And by about 1995, I had about 32 scales that vary between three and seven. So I knew these scales were correct because my clients manifested them without my telling them anything. Oh, and just your observation. Only, yes, it was just empirical. So uh, as I developed the scales, I started looking outside of the session, in other words, just observing in the world. And I saw people going not only up, but down these scales. See, when a person crashes, he goes down these scales. Mm. When a person blossoms, he goes up these scales. So mm. obviously, the, uh, eventually I had 35 scales. Each one is a different accident against which to evaluate human phenomena. So when a person does, does very badly, uh, he crashes down many scales all at once. So, you know, you see somebody who's like uh, doing very well and then later he becomes an alcoholic or a drug addict or commits suicide. That person was crashing down these scales. Wow. How can they stay <laughs> moving in the right direction? I mean, what's the key to keeping things that's what, moving that's what the book. That's what the book is about. Tell me, like, what's the name of your book, by the way? Uh, well, the book is, the subject is called Septemix, S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S. You see, first I discovered the phenomena, which I've kind of explained to you. Then from having discovered the phenomena, then I had to craft or engineer a workable philosophic system that would be foolproof. That took, after I started writing the book, that took another couple of decades. And, but then writing the book itself was the challenge because I had to express all of this stuff in a way that the average person would understand. So basically what happens is there are 35 different axes 
each of which corresponds to a part of life that everybody has. I could read you the names of these scales and it would tell you what the areas correspond to. But the point is that each one has seven levels and when a person finds his level, he has an epiphany. Then he's then able to move up to the next level up, which is uh, an astonishingly huge advancement for humankind because I have solved the gradient problem. You see, all kinds of people have problems, but they don't know what to do about them because they don't know the gradient. So I have done the heavy lifting of presenting the gradients. For example, there's a scale of motivation. There are seven basic motivations. When you find your motivation, you then have the possibility of improving your motivation up to the next higher level. Or you can find your wife's motivation or your son's motivation or your father's motivation, and then you might be able to help them to move it up one level. Now, you never, never tell anyone his level on a scale. The book is designed for him to figure it out himself. And when he does, he will say, yes, I see it. That's what happens. Then, because I have solved the gradients, I know the seven levels for all of these subjects, the person can improve himself by going up one level. Now, if a person is level five, he will be able to move to level four. But if he tries to go to level three, two, or one, he will fail because it's too steep a gradient. Now, oh, every, every, every good teacher, facilitator, counselor, therapist understands gradients. Okay? Uh, you have to have the right gradient. The reason why our, our education system is an abysmal failure is that it doesn't know about gradients. What's a gradient? <laughs> a gradient is what you might call a, 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 a slight improvement, or it could be a slight decay. For example, nobody can lose 100 pounds. However, you can lose one pound 100 times. If a person were to lose a hundred pounds, uh, pardon me, one pound a week consistently, that hundred pounds would go away. And it would go away in a way that he'd be able to maintain it. So that, that applies across all human phenomena. You have to have the right gradient. So that is what I, that is what these scales are. They are uh, in other words, it's what we might call little by little. You have to improve the person little by little. And the seven level is the little by little. These are natural phenomena. They are they have in mathematics embedded in them, although you don't need to know the mathematics to use them. Just like when you use your GPS unit, right? It's all mathematical. Your whole cell phone is mathematical. The whole digital world is mathematical. Uh, but that's not how you experience it. You just open your phone, you type in the address, and it tells you how to get there. That's right. That's how this book is. It's the same thing. Interesting. So people can use the book to improve their lives. Does it matter the type of person, or is it for everyone, men, women, children? Like, Are there any limitations to the use of this type of, uh, I guess we could call it a technology? Is that accurate? Yes, you could call it that. Well, let me give you a couple of answers to that, because... You sort of said a lot there. 
First of all, this book is for people who want to improve themselves. Now you might say, well, everyone wants to improve themselves, and I'm sorry, that's not true. There are psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists, criminals, terrorists, uh, crazy people, insane people, corrupt people who are not interested in self-improvement. They're interested in getting your money. They're interested in taking your girl. They're interested in stealing your car. They're interested in making a killing in the stock market, but they're not interested in improving themselves. This book is not for those people. This book is for people like you who would be interested in improving themselves. Now, of course, it's written in English, so it's for people who can read English. Uh, so it's people who can read English who want to improve themselves, which I calculate by actual study to be about 500 million people. Wow. That's amazing. Now, in the, in the world of nonfiction publishing, if a book sells 10,000 copies, it's considered a success. Okay, my public is 500 million people. Wow. Yeah, you just need a little taste of that and you're, you're on your way. <laughs> so is it out on Amazon and everywhere you can find oh, books? Yeah. Or? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. the book's been out uh, over a year and a half. You can get it. It's very easy to find. It's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And if you just type the word septemix, S-E-P-T-E-M-I-C-S, into a search engine, you'll get hundreds of responses, including all the people selling the book. You'll get uh, YouTube uh, presentations. You'll get reviews. You'll get and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, but the best way to find out about this is to go to my website, which is septemix.com, uh -huh. because it's designed to introduce people to the subject. If you go there, you get to see what readers have said about it, many readers. You get to see what many journalists have written about it. You get to see what the reviews are. And you get to read sections of the book itself. Cool. So so anybody can go there and find out about this. That's perfect, man. And this is obviously your focus for right now. Uh, you sound like, you know, without even knowing your age, you got a lot of mileage left. What's next for you? Well, right now, I've got my hands full promoting this book. You see, when you create an entirely new subject, it's a great challenge to get anybody to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. uh, because, as I said, most people live in a box, and they don't want something that's new. Even though this would dramatically help the person, the person doesn't know that yet. Mm. So it's a challenge. and. Basically, what I found is when I can actually talk to people, as I'm doing with you, uh, they get it. They say, wow, yeah, I want to check this out. And almost everybody who interviews me goes out and buys the book. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, see, here's the problem. First of all, most people don't read books. Secondly, of the people who do read books, most of them read fiction books. Mm. Of the people who read non-fiction books, most of them are in a box. In other words, psychologists read psychology books, mathematicians read mathematics books, uh, yeah. uh, economists read economics books. And this subject does not fit into any of those slots. It I is see. a separate subject. That's what makes it revolutionary. That's what makes it universally applicable. In fact, all of those subjects fit into this slot. 
Wow, that's cool. So I understand it's a little something for everyone, basically. Yes, it's it's you know, when you read this book, you're reading about yourself and the people around you. So it's it's. Let me tell you a story. About twenty years ago, when I was working on an early version of the book,、mm-hmm. I was talking to a friend of mine about politics and government. So I said, to him, "Wait a minute, let me show you something." So I opened up the transcript to the scale of government, and I just handed it to him. I didn't say anything, and he, he took it. He looked at it, and he pointed. He said, "That's my level right there." He didn't even know that he was supposed to find his level, but he found it instantly. That is how this works. You see, each of these 35 scales is expressed in what you might call a table or a spreadsheet, and the data jumps out at you when you look at it. It's like when you look at it, you say, "Yeah, I see this." So,、uh, you know, people ask me, "What is this book like?" And I have to tell them, "There's never been a book like this in human history." However, Every one of the 35 tables in it is similar to the periodic table of elements that you find in chemistry.、Mm. In other words, it's a periodic table for thought, a periodic table for motivation, a periodic table for communication for each of the 35 subjects. So when you look at it, because it's natural phenomena, you get it. Interesting. So it's basically a new system of thought. It does have its own language as well, right? No, I wouldn't say it has its own language. I was very careful to express everything in English that people are going to understand. To divide, to find all my terms, I have glossaries not only in front of every chapter, but even in front of the introduction, so they know what definition of the word I'm using and. If there's a word that you don't know, you go right to the glossary.、Uh, and you know, I went out of my way to not use words that most people wouldn't know. Perfect. That's which, good. Which was a challenge,、uh, but I tried to make it user friendly, and it is. I know it is because I've been seeing this for 27 years. People look at this and they say, "Yes, wow." So let me ask you this: you've、yeah. got you've got the answer. It sounds to a lot of people's questions. And it's、uh, really—it it sounds fascinating. It、uh, to me sounds like a little bit of work to figure it out, but I'm sure the work is worth it. Absolutely. But we're living in a society where instant gratification is like the thing, you know. And how do you speak to people like that—that that, that have that box, you know—in social media, let's say? Because I mean, I'm sure you'd agree it's a very distracting force. Well, look, as I said. This is for people who want to improve themselves or their lives, which is about half the people.、Mm-hmm. Uh, people who don't want to improve themselves or their lives, you know, they're just doing their things, they're taking their drugs, they're drinking their alcohol, they're pursuing their sex, playing their video game. This book is not for them. They're、right. not inquisitive. They don't want to improve themselves. But if a person has a situation, okay. And you you give him this. This will unravel the situation for him. Now, I'm not saying that this is a substitute for professional help. If a person is diagnosably mentally ill, he needs to get professional help. Of course. Okay, but if a person, but that's not most of what goes on for most people. 
You know, like you'll have a guy, for example, who, let's say you have a guy, uh, he lives in a mansion, he drives a Maserati, he has his own corporation, but he has an unfulfilling romance life, okay? I could say, here, look at the scale of relationships. Look at the scale of allegiance. Look at the scale of sexuality. Look at the scale of permeation. And you will find that they are all relevant to his situation. And right away, you will find where he is on those scales, and then he will be able to improve by moving up one level on each scale. And so he will start unraveling this thing. Now that's what happens in facilitation, in counseling, in therapy, but here you're doing it yourself. Okay, so the beauty of it was once you get this book, you don't need anything else. You don't need to join a club, you don't need to join a church, you don't need to go to a class, you don't need to pay any money, you don't need to go anywhere. It's just there. It's in the book. That's how I did it. So it's kind of like a guide to your life, of course, is pretty much what I'm hearing. Yes. Each of the 35 scales is a roadmap for that area of life. Interesting. So if I buy your book today, for example, I could go in there and reference different scales immediately and start to gain uh, insight, correct? Well, the short answer is yes. But my recommendation to everyone, and I say this in the book, is this is a textbook on a new subject. Mm. So you should start on page one and study it the way you would study any textbook, a chemistry text, an economics text, a math text. Go through carefully understanding each thing. And when you get to the end, go back to the beginning, read it again. And when you come to each scale, find your level for that scale. By the time you get to the end, you will have found your level on 35 scales. You will be a new person. Uh, one quick question, because I haven't been able to dive into the book yet. Um, but what is a level? How, like, is it like how would you describe that? So, how would you know? Are you reading like a description, or like what's a level? Well, it's called septemics. Septemics means over pertaining to seven. So the discovery was that there are innumerable uh, aspects to human behavior that resolve into a strata of seven levels. For example, every person has one of seven basic purposes. And although everyone has thousands of purposes, there's one underlying purpose. When you find your basic purpose, it dramatically clarifies your life, your mind, because you can throw out the other seven areas that don't pertain to you. Those are for other people. You know who you are, what you are, what you're trying to do. And that in itself is a big step forward for most people. Yeah, I'll say. So this so, would be so, per perfect for younger people that, you know, they spend a lot of money on college but never really know what they're going to do until they graduate, right? Exactly. Hmm. Uh, I would say, you know, anyone who can is a competent high school student can read this book. Perfect. Certain, certainly anyone who gets to the college level can read this book uh, because I went out of my way to make it readable. Very nice. Um, but you have to understand you're dealing with a new subject. Mm -hmm. This is not like anything else. It's, it's not part of psychology or a part of theology or part of philosophy. It's its own subject. 
and it's revolutionary because it gives the average reader an opportunity to analyze, predict, and manage human affairs to an extent that for most people is inconceivable. Gotcha. For example, when I was a young person, I didn't have this data, it hadn't been invented. So I made the same stupid mistakes that everybody else made. Now that does not happen. Because I can look at a person and in seconds find his level on any one of 35 scales. Interesting. So for example, I can talk to a guy for 30 seconds and spot him on the scale of literacy. Or I can uh, talk to a person for a few minutes and see where he is on the scale of basic purposes. Hmm. So because I know these scales are correct, it's kind of a foolproof system. You see, that, that because this is mathematically created, mathematically, it's like the Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem is embedded in the nature of this universe. Uh, these scales are embedded in human nature. Interesting. Very, very cool. That sounds really great. I mean, it does sound like you have a lot to be excited about. Um, this might be a silly question, but I do want to ask, what's your, uh, I mean, this, this is obviously your passion, but what's your motivation to really want to get this out there? Like, what drives you to really want to share this? What, as a person, you know, how do you feel about it, sharing this sort of I wrote, thing? I wrote this book to help people. I have had a lifetime of helping people. I started helping people as a boy. Oh. Uh, I, was an, I was an altar boy, which is something you do because you think it's good. You don't get any money. You don't get any recognition. You do it because I thought I was contributing to a good thing. I also sold raffles in my church. So I was, I've had a lifetime of helping people. Now, that's why I was a human development engineer. All of my clients were helped by me. And the longer they stayed, the more help they got. Now, when I discovered these scales, I realized that I could go from helping people by the hundreds to helping people by the millions. One of the things that disturbed me while I was working as human development engineer, even though I got uniformly good results, sometimes spectacular results, I realized I could only live so long, I could only treat so many people, uh, it was all done on a one-to-one -one basis, you know, like a therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, you know, that was something that kind of bothered me. Like, there's a, a whole world of people to help. I can only help so many. But then when I discovered this data, I said, aha, this is how I can help all the people who want to be helped. Ah, very and so cool. that's my motivation. I, I want see. to get the into the hands of people so that it will help them. Absolutely. Absolutely. It sounds like you've got a lot of potential outside of even just a book. Um, gosh, I can think of a few different ways to probably get that message across. Uh, some people like books on tape, for instance. Have you thought about releasing it on like an audiobook form? I would never permit that. Because, oh, really? because as I said, you must look at the tables. Uh, Each of the 35 scales is in a table comparable to the periodic table of elements. Now, before Dmitry Mendeleev invented the periodic table, there was chemistry, 
but he revolutionized it by taking all of the known elements, putting them on one sheet of paper in proper relationship to one another horizontally and vertically, okay, which made it much easier to teach chemistry, to learn chemistry, to understand chemistry. So that is what these 35 tables are like. You have to look at the table. And when you look at the table, you get it. Very it's cool. There. Very cool. So for example, there are seven basic purposes, okay? As soon as you look at that, you're going to, in seconds, have yourself down to a bracket. You're going you're gonna to say, well, uh, I know it's not this and this, so you might get it down to say, well, it's either this one or this one. That's in seconds. Then you spend a little time with introspection and study, and eventually, might take a day or two, you'll say, I see, I'm at level four. Okay, now you know your basic purpose. How valuable is that? Mm -hmm. It's not hard to figure out once you know the data. People tell you their levels on all of the scales. They can't help doing it. Wow. Is it like, um, you know, the thing that keeps popping into my mind you ever seen a show called lie to me the american version i don't think so i'm oh. not a television watcher oh okay that's fine but it's a really good show and it's all about neuro-linguistic programming and they have uh -huh. a, a special foundation where the police bring criminals to them and other people bring people to them and they interview them and they watch their facial expressions and their body movements and different uh -huh. things is it it just seems similar, like you've really tapped into the very essence of human existence, which I find fascinating, but NLP is the only other thing I can relate that does that. So I was just wondering, do you use neuro-linguistic programming in your practice at all? No, I understand neuro-linguistic uh, programming very well. I know what it is and how it works. Uh, I didn't use it as a human development engineer. Uh, and as I said, this subtemics is a new separate subject. Mm -hmm. It's not a part of anything else. I had to discover it. So anytime you try to cross-reference it to something else, the answer is going to be no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's actually quite fascinating. So it does take teachings from so many different areas and synthesize it down to a digestible format people can use to instantly you know, recognize and start to work on themselves. Is that right? Not really. These are naturally occurring phenomena. Mm -hmm. They exist whether you use them or not. Just like the heliocentric theory. Now, the heliocentric theory is often referred to as the Copernican theory because Co Copernicus propounded it about 500 years ago and famously it took on his name. Now, today, Anybody who's, let's say, above the age of seven and is not mentally retarded understands the heliocentric theory. I explained it to my son when he was three. Now, prior to Copernicus, most people in the world did not know. It was going on, the Earth was going around the sun for, since before there were human beings, uh, but people did not know it. Now, the truth is that the heliocentric theory was originally propounded about 200 BC by a Greek whose name eludes me at the moment. But it did not catch on for about 1800 years. Uh, when Galileo, who was more or less a contemporary of Copernicus, propounded it, the Catholic Church arrested him, put him in 
under house arrest for the rest of his life to prevent him from telling anybody. Oh boy. About it. So, so that's what this is like. These, these phenomena were there, uh, and they're there whether you take note of them or not. Mm -hmm. But you have to realize that every single person is at some specific level on every scale. Now you can ignore that data, but ignoring that is like ignoring the signage when you drive a car. There are dotted lines, there are double lines, there are no stop signs, there are mm -hmm. red lights, there are no left turn, right? There's all this signage out there, and if you don't obey it, you could have an accident, you could kill somebody, you could get a ticket, you could go to jail, right? Yeah. So that's why you have to take a test to get a driver's license. You have to prove that you know what these mean, okay? And then when you go out there, you are required by law to obey them. That is what this book is about. Each one of these 35 scales is a roadmap for the corresponding area of life. So you can ignore it, but you ignore it at your own peril. It's just like, it's just like uh, driving your car with your eyes closed. No, don't now, want to truth, do that. The truth, <laughs> the truth is that, the truth is that, uh, the data in this book are vital for every human being, whether they realize it or not, and can help them to achieve their goals faster and easier by explaining what might otherwise seem to be inexplicable or random. If you were to invite someone to a rendezvous, you would certainly, uh, they would certainly expect you to tell them the exact location and perhaps also how to get there. Needless to say, it's very difficult to get somewhere if you don't know where you are, don't know where you're going, and don't know how to get to your destination. Now, this sounds idiotic, but most people do this regularly. So much so that it's considered normal. This book gives you a way out of that. It gives you a way to know where you are, know where you will be if you succeed, and know where you will be if you fail. Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely would encourage people to check your book out. And uh, speaking of out, we're just about out of time. Are there any things that we might have missed that we should uh, include here for anyone listening today? Um, well, I just want to say... If you study these skills carefully and use them to resolve your confusions and dilemmas, your life will improve. The more carefully you study the skills and the more diligently and frequently you apply them, the more benefit you'll receive. Whenever a situation arises in your life, turn to the appropriate chapter and analyze the situation against the relevant scale. It's that simple. Wow. I have done the heavy lifting. And for 10 bucks, you can get an ebook and you can change your whole life. That sounds amazing. And again, your website is septemics.com, right? Right. S E P T E M I C S.com. That's the right. place. And I just you want your, your listeners to know it's hard, it's in hardbound, it's in softbound, and it's an ebook. So Perfect. whatever version you want, you can get it. It's easy to get, and it's not that hard to master. Not at all. You make it sound so simple, but I know it's a very complex topic, so it's not a uh, instant gratification, but this is definitely something people would uh, be able to apply for the rest of their lives, it sounds like. You would be amazed how instant it is. I have had all kinds of people, not necessarily educated people, who got this book and said, wow, they get it. They see what's going on. 
you know, they see why they're stuck and what they're stuck, and they know how to get out of it then. Perfect. So really, once you look at the scale, the gratification is very quick. Now, it, it might take minutes or hours, but if you take it like a guy who's, you know, got some lifelong problem or some year-long problem, he can resolve it or, or start moving out of it in minutes or hours. Wow, that is motivation enough to go to the website right now, check it out, and start improving your life. This is great. What a nice surprise. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate you sharing today. This has been quite enlightening, uh, challenging my brain a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. It was a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely, and I hope to speak to you again, and I want to wish you the very best. Um, not that you'll need it. It sounds like you're on a pathway to some really great things. I look forward to seeing more about you and hopefully the media where people will be able to get more exposure to your message. Thanks. Cool, man. You are so welcome and have a great rest of the day. Okay. Bye. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast Show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode.